We are officially 25% of the way through this 2020 NFL regular season. And like many of you fellow fantasy football players, we've seen numerous injuries and postponements influence our rosters in recent weeks. In the association, Game 5 of the NBA Finals is tonight, and we may be crowning a champion in a matter of hours. And in the college football game, we've got a top 10 duel in Death Valley and a top 15 showdown in Athens, Georgia to look forward to. As is the theme these days, it's a great time to be a sports fan. Which waiver wire edition should you be looking for? What should you expect in tonight's Game 5 between the Lakers and the Heat? And are there any upsets in the making this weekend in the world of college football? I've got the answers to these and many, many more questions in this third episode of Banzette's Beats. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Michigan at the 41. Back in. Balls free. On the ground. South Carolina deserves to have it. And they do. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. One foot for the win. Yes. Yes. Help to the back. Oh, do you shot deflected. Stand up. Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of Banzed's Beats, Stone Cold Sports Blog's weekly podcast recapping the previous week's games, answering listener submitted questions, and previewing upcoming events around the sports world. I'm your host, Jay Banzet. Let's start tonight in the Orlando bubble where we could potentially see a champion crowned. It's game five. The Miami Heat are hanging on by a thread down 3-1 to the heavily favored L.A. Lakers. And LeBron James could win his fourth championship title tonight on Friday evening. Jimmy Butler claims to not be under any pressure as a member of the Miami Heat. Somehow, some way. But it is win or go home for Miami tonight. I think... Well, let me go ahead and put this out here. I am a avid... I'm an avid L.A. Lakers fan and have been since basically I knew what basketball was. I like to think around the 2006 mark with Kobe, Kobe Bryant. He's my childhood basketball idol, frankly childhood idol. Uh, regardless of sport, he and Peyton Manning take those two roles. And so it's been a long time coming for the Lakers. We haven't been to the finals since 2010, haven't made the playoffs since 2016, excuse me, 2014, and when Kobe Bryant carried us to the playoffs and tore his Achilles in the first round of the Western playoffs. So it's it's been a while since the Lakers have been in the playoffs, and it feels good. What makes this playoff run even more special, though, is that it's in remembrance of Kobe Bryant, who passed away earlier this year in January. And I think LeBron realizes that. Anthony Davis realizes that. Every member of the Lakers organization realizes how special it can be for them to win a championship this year and remember Kobe Bryant wearing the Black Mamba uniforms that they're scheduled to wear tonight in Game 5. If they can win the championship tonight, beat a very good Miami Heat team 4-1 in those uniforms and remember Kobe Bryant, bring bring championship title number 18 to Los Angeles, then... It, it would be a really special night. I I came into the series thinking that L.A. would win 4-2. They would win in six games. But I think that tonight the Lakers do end up winning the finals. It'll take five games for them to beat the Heat. Uh, the combination of injuries. Bam Adebayo came back last game for Miami. Did not play to his normal standard. He's been dealing with a neck injury, so that makes a little sense. Jimmy Butler in game three had one of 
the best all-time playoff performances, period. He had a 40-point triple-double. Um, but Anthony Davis specifically asked to guard Butler in Game 4 last, I guess this was Wednesday, Tuesday evening. And Jimmy Butler didn't play as up to his standard, so the Lakers got a relatively easy W. And so I think more of the same, Anthony Davis will guard Jimmy Butler tonight, switch off with LeBron James guarding Jimmy Butler, because the Lakers have been in the bubble, I believe the number is 103 days, and the desire to get out of the bubble with a championship ring right now in honor of Kobe Bryant wearing those black jerseys will be too much to overcome if you're a member of the Miami Heat. So I've got the Lakers winning tonight 115-108. to 108. They'll win by seven, make some free throws down the stretch of the game, and bring a well-deserved and especially meaningful title to the Los Angeles Lakers organization this year. Moving from the bubble to the National Football League, a lot of questions have come up around fantasy football and how leagues are handling postponements and the whole COVID situation. So first, I'm going to start off by going through my top 20 players at each position this week in fantasy football, starting with quarterbacks. Uh, first, I have who is currently my pick to win NFL MVP, Russell Wilson. He's playing the very suspect Minnesota Vikings uh, in Seattle this weekend. So Russ is my number one quarterback to play, followed by Patrick Mahomes against the Las Vegas Raiders. Josh Allen versus the Tennessee Titans. We'll get into that game a, a little bit later. It may not end up happening. Dak Prescott against the Giants. Kyler Murray against the Jets. Lamar Jackson against the Bengals. Deshaun Watson against the Jaguars. Eighth, we find Ben Roethlisberger and the Philadelphia Eagles, who are coming off of a bye week because of the Titans' COVID situation. Ninth, we find Teddy Tuglove Bridgewater playing the Atlanta Falcons. Tenth, Gardner Minshew against the Houston Texans, followed by Justin Herbert versus the Saints. Daniel Jones against the Cowboys cracks the top 12. That means I think this is one of the two times all year where Daniel Jones is going to be worth starting. And those two games are being the Dallas game, so this is one of them. I think he's worth a start this week. Followed by Matt Ryan against the Panthers, who will probably be playing without Julio Jones. Uh, Jared Goff against the Washington football team. Joe Burrow against the Baltimore Ravens. Kirk Cousins against the Seahawks. Jimmy Garoppolo, who is officially slated to start this weekend against the Miami Dolphins. Cam Newton at number 18. If that game happens, that's another game that we'll talk about in a minute. If Cam Newton does indeed play against the Denver Broncos, he probably should be a little bit higher on this ranking, but I have him at 18 because... One, the game as a whole may not be played, and two, he may not play in the game even if it is played. Uh, so following Cam Newton at 18, we find Drew Brees against the L.A. Chargers, who is expected to get Michael Thomas back this week fully healthy. That'll be a, a godsend, really, for New Orleans Saints fans. And followed by Derek Carr versus the Kansas City Chiefs at number 20. And then at running back, Alvin Kamara is a pretty easy pick these days to be the number one running back. They're playing the Chargers, so... Alvin Kamara takes the number one slot this week at running back, followed by Ezekiel Elliott against the Giants, Dalvin Cook against the Seahawks, Derrick Henry against the Bills, Kareem Hunt, who following the Nick Chubb injury, uh, MCL injury, should just skyrocket. He was already having RB1 production even with Chubb in the lineup, and now he's going to get basically every running back look unless Dearness Johnson gets some goal line carries. But Hunt is absolutely going to go off in the next couple weeks, so certainly – He's number five running back this week, even against the league's best defense in the Indianapolis Colts. 
number six, we find Clyde Edwards-Alaire against the Las Vegas Raiders. Seven, the real waiver wire ad of the year who I have on my team, James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's facing the porous Houston Texans, followed by Josh Jacobs against the Chiefs, Mike Davis against the Atlanta Falcons, Chris Carson against the Vikings, James Conner against the Eagles, Jonathan Taylor against the Browns, Todd Gurley against the Panthers, David Johnson versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, Miles Sanders versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would not be surprised to see a season-low total for Miles Sanders this week because the Steelers are just that good. Joe Mixon looks to follow up his 42-point performance last week. They're playing the Baltimore Ravens this week, another extremely talented defense. So I would certainly lower your expectation for Joe Mixon this week coming out of Last week, Kenyon Drake versus the Jets. He's been a monumental disappointment this year, but I recently made a trade for him because I think that once the Cardinals do some self-scouting and realize that they're 2-2, two and two, and in their two losses, he's had his two worst fantasy days. So when you get Kenyon Drake the ball, whether on the ground or preferably in the past, because we saw the difference he made last year down the stretch, he was the fourth best running back in, the, in fantasy football once he joined the Cardinals last year. Once they get him involved in the passing game, their offense as a whole is going to get a lot better. Kenyon Drake is going to be a lot better in fantasy. And this is the week to get better because they are playing the New York Jets, who, honest to God, may not be able to beat Clemson right now. So I'm taking Kenyon Drake at 17, followed by Devin Singletary of the Bills against the Titans, Antonio Gibson versus the Rams. And at number 20, we find Jarek McKinnon against the Miami Dolphins. That is, if Raheem Mostert does not play, he is doubtful Mostert is. So McKinnon will fill in again as the main running back for the San Francisco 49ers this week. A wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins versus the Jets, is basically a consensus number one wide receiver this week. There should be no reason he is not the highest scoring receiver this week. The Jets are awful. Hopkins is a beast. It is pretty simple. Followed by Tyreek Hill against the Raiders, Adam Thielen in Seattle, DK Metcalf against the Vikings. He's on my team. He should go off this week. Keenan Allen against the Saints. Michael Thomas makes his much-anticipated return after a high ankle sprain. He's number six, playing the L.A. Chargers. Tyler Lockett against the Vikings. Amari Cooper versus the Giants. Robbie Anderson versus the Falcons. That's the first time Robbie Anderson is making top ten wide receiver considerations in a long time, maybe in his entire career. But Teddy Bridgewater's been looking his way a lot, and the Falcons absolutely suck because they have so many injuries in the back end. So Robbie Anderson at 9. Stephon Diggs at 10 against the Titans. Will Fuller at 11. Odell Beckham Jr. coming off his huge week in Dallas at number 12. Juju Smith-Schuster at 13. Followed by Cooper Cup, Tyler Boyd, Terry McLaurin, Justin Jefferson. Darius Slayton makes an appearance here at number 18 because Dallas is just so bad in the secondary. Followed by Devontae Parker at 19 and Hollywood Brown of the Baltimore Ravens playing the Cincinnati Bengals. At tight end, George Kittle had 40 points last week in his return. They're playing the Miami Dolphins this week. He should absolutely go off. I'm not saying 40, but at least 25 points for George Kittle this week. Followed by Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Zach Ertz, Evan Ingram, Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys. Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Eric Ebron, Hayden Hurst, Tyler Higby, Mike Gesicki, Greg Olson, Mo Alley-Cox, who's a big waiver wire addition if you need a tight end, Jared Cook coming off an injury, Austin Hooper, Drew Sample, Logan Thomas, and Tyler Eifert. And so I was speaking of Mo Alley-Cox as a waiver wire addition. Let's get into my favorite waiver wire ads if you are 
dealing with injuries or COVID postponements on your roster these days. These players that I'm about to list are available in 50% of ESPN leagues or more. So if you need a quarterback, the four guys I would look to target are Jared Goff, Justin Herbert, Teddy Bridgewater, and Derek Carr, specifically Goff and Herbert because they've been playing really well recently. At running back, Justin Jackson, who plays for the L.A. Chargers. He will split carries with Joshua Kelly, but Joshua Kelly's fumbled the last two games, has not scored more than nine fantasy points the past two weeks. Justin Jackson's the veteran in that running back group. He's had significant performance before, especially last year when Austin Eckler went down. So Justin Jackson's your best available running back ad, followed by Chase Edmonds of the Arizona Cardinals, Damian Harris of the New England Patriots, and the previously mentioned Ernest Johnson of the Browns. The Browns are just too run-heavy to not want their second running back. We saw what Kareem Hunt did as the second running back in the offense the past couple weeks, and he absolutely went off. So Ernest Johnson will certainly get all the short yardage carries, presumably all the red zone carries. So if he's available in your league, pick him up. I picked him up this week. Not going to start him this week. Just want to see what he does, but certainly next week he'll probably start for me. A wide receiver, T. Higgins, Russell Gage, Tim Patrick, and LaVisca Chenault Jr. Higgins has double-digit points the last two weeks and has emerged as this, as the Bengals' second wide receiver behind Tyler Boyd. Really hate to see A.J. Green fall so quickly, but Higgins is just too talented. He was the 33rd overall pick this year in the draft, so he's certainly got talent, and Joe Burrow's been looking his way a lot, so if T. Higgins is available, pick him up in your league. A tight end, albeit he's on a bye this week, Robert Tanyan, of the Green Bay Packers has scored five touchdowns the last three weeks. He's getting a lot of looks from Aaron Rodgers. They call him Baby Kittle for a reason, so pick up Robert Tanyan if he's available, followed by Eric Ebron, Mo Alley Cox, and Cameron Brait, who, albeit he did play last night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, excuse me, he's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, played against the Chicago Bears. He's going to emerge. I would not be surprised to see him take over Rob Gronkowski on the depth chart after the torn Achilles for O.J. Howard. So if Cameron Brait is available and you need a tight end, he's certainly available in a lot of leagues on ESPN. If you need a defense this week, the Arizona Cardinals are available in over 50% of leagues. They're playing the Jets. Any defense playing the Jets is essentially a must-start these days. So the Arizona Cardinals are available if you need a defense. The Houston Texans play the Jaguars this week. They're available. And the Cowboys, I cannot believe I'm saying this, the Cowboys have negative 17 fantasy points on the year. But they're playing the Giants. And if you're, I'll, I'll go ahead and expand my Cardinals claim. If you are a defense playing a New York football team, you should be in a starting lineup somewhere in a minimum 12 person team league. So the Cowboys and the Cardinals get the tickets this week against the two New York teams. If you need a defense, or if you have a defense with a bad matchup, the Cardinals and the Cowboys may be worth picking up. And then if you need a kicker, Steven Goskowski is available in more than 50% of leagues. I believe he's the fourth-ranked kicker right now in terms of total points this year. He had 25 points in his last game, so pick him up. Mason Crosby is Mr. Consistency in Green Bay. They have a bye this week, but pick him up if you need one for the rest of the season. And Daniel Carlson of the Las Vegas Raiders, he has had one game this year where he had fewer than double-digit points, and it was with nine points two weeks ago. So if you need it, I don't know how he's available in so many leagues, but if you need a consistent kicker or do not like your kicker and Daniel Carlson is available, pick him up because he is scoring double-digit points 75% of the game so far. Pick him up. So we've been talking about potential postponement games uh, for this week and the new policies surrounding that. The Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. The Titans 
continue to have COVID issues. They did not have a positive test today or yesterday, so they are hoping that their game against the Bills does not get postponed past next Tuesday. It is currently scheduled for Tuesday, October, I guess that is the 13th. At 7 p.m., they will play the Bills. It does count in week five of your fantasy football season. But if it does not happen, you need to have an insurance plan. Unless you've got somebody who's a real difference maker, like, for example, on the Bills, those players would be Josh Allen or Stephon Diggs. And in Tennessee, those players would probably be Derrick Henry and Jonu Smith, the tight end. If you're planning to play one of those four, somebody that's not one of those four players, I would go ahead and sit one of those non-four players and play somebody who is guaranteed to have a game because we have no idea if that Titans-Bills game is actually going to happen on Tuesday. It's scheduled to happen. It probably will happen, but I, unless you've got one of those four studs, I would not risk playing somebody else. The Broncos-Patriots game has been scheduled for Monday. After the Patriots had some serious COVID issues, Stephon Gilmore tested positive this week. Cam Newton tested positive before last week's game. We don't really know if he's going to play yet. That game is scheduled for, I believe it's 5 o'clock on Monday, so we're going to have another doubleheader of Monday Night Football. It's kind of, it's really sick these days. We've got football on Thursday, a college game or two on Friday, college on Saturday, NFL on Sunday, NFL on Monday, NFL on Tuesday. So that is football six days a week this week. That's about as good as you're going to ask for as a, as a football fan. So take advantage of it while we still have it. It's not for the best reason. We don't want anybody to have COVID. But if it means football six days a week, it's a little inversely really cool. So the Patriots-Broncos game is Monday. We don't know if Cam Newton's going to play. Stephon Gilmore is almost guaranteed not to play for the Patriots defense, but it doesn't really matter. The Broncos offense, when they don't have Drew Locke, is really run-oriented with Melvin Gordon. And now Phillip Lindsay is returning as the second running back for the Broncos, so expect them to split carries. I think the Patriots... Really, if Cam play, if Cam ends up playing, he's a must-start this week because the Broncos' defense, it's good, not great. And along, if Cam plays, Edelman needs to be in your in your lineup. But and then the Patriots' running back room, Damian Harris had a big week last week at 100 yards on, I believe it was nine carries. We'll look to see what he does, but it's really. Well, Sony Michelle is on IR, so that leaves Burkhead, James White, and Damian Harris to get carries and receptions in the Patriots backfield, and we just really don't know who's going to do what each week. So, unless you've got Cam, Julian Edelman, maybe Nikhil Harry, depending on who you have on your lineup, those three should be in the lineup, and James White, obviously, because he gets so many receptions. But if you've got Burkhead or Damian Harris, I would hesitate playing them this week. And then. The third game that could be affected by COVID policies this week is the Jets and the Cardinals. That game is supposed to be occurring in New York, I guess technically in New Jersey, on Sunday. The Jets, as of this morning, on Friday morning, had a potential positive test. It has not been confirmed yet, It's not been, and they've gone through subsequent testing today that has not come back yet. So if the Jets-Cardinals game does get postponed due to a COVID test, certainly... Hopefully it'll get moved to Monday or Tuesday, but it could be postponed the whole week. So if you've got one of the, a player on the Jets or the Cardinals, 
have a backup plan. I, I personally think the game will happen on time. I hope it's a false positive, but if it is, it's just one player. They can That's fine. So if you've got a player on the Bills, Titans, Patriots, Broncos, Jets, or Cardinals, and they are currently slated to start in your lineup, have a backup plan. Be safe here. Uh, especially the Bills-Titans game. That game is certainly the most up in the air. So if you've got a Derrick Henry figure or a Josh Allen figure, have a backup plan for them just in case that game ends up not happening. So moving from fantasy football to the actual NFL, the I'm going to give you my score predictions for this upcoming week five. Well, yesterday on Thursday, the Bears really pulled an upset. Everywhere I saw, including myself, thought the Bucks were going to beat the Bears. It was 20-19. Chicago got the victory. Tom Brady looked a little confused towards the end of the game. That was really big. The Bears are now just one game out of first place in the AFC North and certainly on track. I believe it's their first time being 4-1 since 2002, I believe, was the year. That's huge for Chicago. Moving towards Sunday, I think the Panthers will beat the Falcons in Atlanta. I'll give give me a score of, let's say, 31 to 24 in that game. The Panthers taking the dub. The Giants and the Cowboys play at 425 in Dallas. I got Dallas big here. Give me Dallas 38, New York Giants 17. The Raiders are at the Chiefs. That's a sneaky good game. I think the Chiefs have too much offense. Give me the Chiefs 35 to 24 over the Raiders. The Jets and the Cardinals. We don't know if this game is going to happen, as I said earlier. But I think if it does happen, the Cardinals should win pretty big. I don't expect the Jets to be able to do much at all with Joe Flacco at quarterback. So give me the Cardinals 27-13 to over the Jets. Eagles at Steelers is a little interesting. I think this game is extremely low scoring. Give me the Steelers 24-14 to over Philadelphia. The LA Rams travel to the nation's capital to take on the Washington football team. I think we've got Kyle Allen starting this week in Washington, so this game should get a little bit bigger of a difference in the score than people think it is. It's currently a seven-point spread. I think it'll end up being around 10 to 13 points. So give me the L.A. Rams, let's see here, 28 to just 28-17. That's a pretty classic football score. 28-17 Rams over the Washington football team. In the AFC North, the Bengals travel to the Ravens. The Ravens are a 13-point favorite. I actually don't think it'll be that far-fetched. So I'll take the Ravens, but I'll take them hmm, 28, give me 28-24. I think it'll be a closer game towards the end. The 1-3 Jacksonville Jaguars travel to the 0-4 Houston Texans. I think the Jags will, ooh, actually no, I, hmm. This is this is a toss-up here when you think about this. Because Bill O'Brien, the Texans head coach and general manager, was fired this week. I'm actually going to take the Texans here. They're currently five-and-a-half-point favorites, which is a little surprising to me. But I'll take them. Give, I'll, give me the Texans over the Jaguars, 24-20. The Dolphins traveled to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. I got San Francisco big with Jimmy Garoppolo coming back. Uh, 31 to, what's a good score? 31 20. 31 20 Niners over Dolphins. Colts and Browns. That's an even split here. There's a, it's a pick 'em game. 
I'm a big believer in defense winning championships, so I'm going to take the Colts here 21-17 to over the Browns. Then the nightcap on Sunday Night Football, the hapless, porous, ridiculously bad defense of the Minnesota Vikings travels to the Seattle Seahawks. It's at seven-point spread. This is going to get a little ridiculous. Give me Seattle 38-20 over the Vikings. On Monday, the Broncos are supposed to travel to the Patriots. I hope this game still happens on time. Give me the Patriots, especially if Cam Newton plays. Give me the Patriots. Uh, 27 to 17 over the Broncos. And then on the originally scheduled Monday Night Football game, the LA Chargers and rookie stud quarterback Justin Herbert travel to the New Orleans Saints who get Michael Thomas back this week. So give me the Saints, not by much, 28-24. And then on the first Tuesday football game that I think I've seen in a probably in my lifetime, the 4-0 Buffalo Bills traveled to the 3-0 Tennessee Titans. If this game happens, which I hope it does, it probably will if the Titans continue to have negative test results, but you really don't know. If it does happen, I got the Bills here. The Titans have not been in the facility enough recently. I got the Bills. Give them to me 34-23. to So that's going to wrap it up. Week 5, the Lions and Packers have a bye this week. So we could potentially see if the Jets, Cardinals, Bills, Titans, and Patriots, Broncos games are all postponed. We could see 25% of the league not playing this week with the two bye teams. Hopefully it doesn't happen that way, but it just might. So moving over to the college game, we'll make this quick. Uh, I'll just give you my win-loss predictions here. Louisville travels to Georgia Tech. I got Louisville big in that one. UAB and Rice. Never mind, that game was postponed, excuse me. Florida is the number four Florida Gators are at the 21st ranked Texas A&M Aggies. Give me Florida. The number 19 Virginia Tech Hokies travel to Chapel Hill and my current university, the number eight North Carolina Tar Heels. Give me Carolina, not by much, but give me the Tar Heels in that game. 12 o'clock on ABC. Missouri will lose at number 17 LSU. Texas is going to beat Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry. The world may stop because Oklahoma will have lost three games in a row. Louisiana Monroe will give them a W at Liberty. NC State will lose at Virginia. South Carolina, oh, I got a lot of South Carolina people listening to this podcast, and I don't want to make them mad. So I'm not going to. I'll give them a dub over Vanderbilt. Duke will win at Syracuse somehow, some way. That's a really ugly ACC game. The Citadel should get dominated by Army, but both teams run the triple option. That may be the slowest game in the history of college football. It's scheduled to start at 1.30. It may be going on at 11 p.m. Who knows? And then the game of the week in the SEC, number 14, Tennessee at number 3, Georgia. I think it'll be close, but I got Georgia winning that game. BYU should absolutely slaughter UTSA. Iowa State, Texas Tech should be a shootout, but I got Iowa State. Arkansas State and Central Arkansas, give me Arkansas State. They went to Kansas State a couple weeks ago and won, so give me the Red Wolves. Texas State will lose at Troy. Arkansas should get slaughtered by Auburn. I mean, you never know with Felipe Franks. Pittsburgh, I got, I'm going to give Boston College a W here. Boston College gave Carolina a run for its money last week, so I'm going to give Boston College a W at home over Pittsburgh. Kansas State will lose at TCU, not by much. 
Middle Tennessee and Florida International. Give eh, I'm gonna take Florida International in that game. Temple at Navy. I got Temple. It's their first game of the season. Navy's looked absolutely horrible. Sorry, Gianni Woodson Brooks, if you're listening to me. He's a real good friend of mine. Celebrate his birthday this week. He's a Navy linebacker commit. I think Temple will win, though. Sorry. ECU at South Florida. ECU has looked absolutely atrocious this year. Give me South Florida. And then in the game of the week at 7.30 on ABC, Miami and Clemson. I got Clemson, but I think they'll win by 10. I'm going to go ahead and give my score here. I think Clemson wins 38-28 over Miami. Alabama travels to the Grove and Ole Miss. I think that game's going to get ugly really quickly. So Bama big in that one. In another ugly game, Notre Dame should absolutely slaughter Florida State in South Bend. UTEP and Louisiana State, give me Louisiana State. Marshall and Western Kentucky, I'll take the herd. Mississippi State at Kentucky, quietly a good game. Take, give me the air raid in Mississippi State, though. Charlotte and North Texas at 8 o'clock at ESPNU. I'm a little biased towards Charlotte, so give me the Charlotte 49ers. And so now moving into the last segment my favorite segment of the podcast, Jay's q and I'll answer questions submitted by you, the listeners. So this week, Liam Desmond wants to know, who is the, what is the best comeback story so far in the NFL? I'm going to say Cam Newton here because he is putting up not quite MVP numbers, but really close uh, coming off of his couple of injuries. He's been doubted. I really like what he's done this year in New England. And also, Jarek McKinnon. He won't play that much more when Raheem Mostert comes back healthy, but he is certainly he's missed two consecutive seasons with two different ACL tears. So think about that. He's put up really good numbers for San Francisco after being injured a lot recently. So either probably Cam Newton is my comeback story of the year so far, and Jarek McKinnon is certainly in the conversation. Jack Hubbard wants to know, is Notre Dame overrated? They are overrated, but not by much. They're currently ranked fifth in the country. When Ohio State starts playing, though, Notre Dame will slide to probably around seven or eight, and then when they, I think they'll lose to Carolina in a couple weeks on my birthday, actually in, in a month. So I think they'll finish around tenth or twelfth, which is certainly still good, but they're they're fifth right now, so they're a little overrated. Tanner Nall wants to know if BYU is the most overrated team in college football. Excuse me, most underrated team in college football. I'm going to say no because Ohio State's currently number six; they should be number two. Uh, BYU is number 15. That's probably about right, um, but still people don't believe in them a lot, so I'll give BYU is the second most underrated team in college football behind Ohio State. My good friend Catherine Holden wants to know, why was Oklahoma so bad against Kansas State? It's pretty simple. OU lost the turnover margin 4 to nothing, which absolutely win, never wins football games. OU won every other statistical category except the turnover margin, and that's why they lost to Kansas State two weeks ago and then lost to Iowa State last week. Mikhail Anderson wants to know, where does Trevor Lawrence land in this upcoming NFL draft? Certainly first overall, so it's just a matter of who, which team goes up and gets him. I think the Jets will be in position to take him. Regardless of trade, I think they're going to finish the worst team in the league. 1-15, probably 0-16. So I think Trevor Lawrence, will, at the end of the day, will be a New York Jet in the first overall pick in this upcoming draft. And that's going to do it for this third episode of Van Zets Beats. Feel free to DM questions on Instagram at SC Sports Blog for me to answer them in episode 4. 
Have a blast watching Game 5 of the NBA Finals tonight and all the NFL action on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. College football tomorrow on Saturday. It's going to be a blast, and I will see you next week.